Hello, Texans, and welcome to the show that brings you inside NRG Stadium, right across the hall from the locker room here in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you, and basking in the glow of a great day at ProVision, the school in Sunnyside, helping underprivileged kids. And I was out there today as Janice McNair, Cal McNair, Hannah McNair were there, and they announced a $5.5 million donation to the school. They grow their own food. They're developing housing, affordable housing. They do so much in the community, and it was just great to be a part of it out there, seeing the great work done by Roynell Young, who has led the school for 29 years, played in the NFL for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he was making friends with Jonathan Joseph, Andre Johnson, Andre Howe. They were out there as well, so it was very cool to be a part of that. You'll hear a little bit more on that later, but let's start here, and I feel like this is one of those things, Johnny, where... Can't comment on litigation. It's not really litigation, but the clowny trade talk, the rumors, and the talk is just talk. It's just media reports and that kind of thing. So we don't know what's happening, what's going to happen. Clowny is a franchise-tagged player, and we don't know. So we'll wait and see. And when we know, you'll know. When you know, we'll know. And we'll all talk about it together. How about that? I think what's interesting is there have been times in the building where we have known things. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, I can't say anything about yeah. that or don't want to say anything about that. There have been times, not all the time, but there have been times. Uh, I remember 2015, remember where J.J. had uh, had uh, hurt his hand. Yeah. He'd hit it on a helmet or something. And he and so D.P. and I were walking in. It was like on a Tuesday or so. And we happened to see him popping out of the equipment room. We saw the cast on and we just went, oh, gosh. Yeah, we can't tweet that. You know, so it's the, some of those things. But this is one where it's just the the whole the whole thing with with JD is just sort of mysterious. And I think th- there are a lot of things to consider. Number one, he hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. So mm-hmm. in essence, he has kind of a kind of a pseudo no trade clause. Like he won't sign the franchise tag until either a he wants to get paid and start playing for the Texans or He's agreeable or amenable to going somewhere, but it just it feels like there's a lot of smoke coming up for there to be no fire somewhere. Now, he's a I've, franchise player. That's what the franchise tag is for—to try right. to work out a deal or right. a trade or something. And I know right. that we're past that July fifteenth deadline, so I guess everything is not everything, but a lot of things are still in play. Not everything that right. was prior to July fifteenth, but a bunch of things still are. Right. I think that's the big that's the big thing, Mark. With July fifteenth is. I believe he cannot sign a long-term deal. Right. Yeah. So can't do it here, can't do it anywhere else. So he's got to play out the season. And it's, Well, he doesn't have to play. I mean, Le'Veon Bell proved that. You don't have to play. He could sit out the whole year, but I don't think that does any good because that's $15 million you're never going to see again. I think Le'Veon Bell found that out, that there was $13, yeah. $14 million that was never going to end up in his bank account. So that said, it's it, it's just been... It's a year. That's the problem with Le'Veon Bell, and I always point this out. It's a year, and it's not a, even a year to you and me. It's a year to these guys right. in a 10, 15-year career if you're fantastic. Right. Most likely. Stay completely healthy. Seven, eight-year career if you're phenomenal. Right. But usually about a three- or four-, five-year career if you're good enough to play in this league. Period. Yeah. I mean, it's such a short window, so to skip an entire year – is very costly in a variety of ways. It's also your life playing football, playing the game you love. So that's how I look at it. We'll see how it plays out. Hey, there's another story out there, and I want to get to this right off the top here because it involves the AFC South and the balance of power. Yes. And Jim Ursay on SiriusXM NFL Radio. By the way, Pat and Jim will be here on Thursday, Pat Kerwin and Jim Miller, doing their show, and we're going to talk to them. 
one way or another, we're going to talk to them. Yes, they're so excellent. They'll be here covering the Texans and the Detroit Lions. Really, it's their Texans training camp stop. They stop at all teams, I believe. So it's their stop here. Now, gosh, they do a lot of traveling. I don't know if they go to every spot. Maybe Marvez and Gill or whoever else. Yeah, they don't go to every spot. They've mixed it up. They've got they've got like two people going to different places. So I think each each show. I think they split up. Like Jim Miller went to Chicago. He did a show with Jeff Joniak. Okay. In Chicago, and because I remember they were interviewing. Uh, it was not Trubisky. I'm trying to remember who it was. It was uh, oh Keem Hicks, who by the way was a great interview. They interviewed Akeem Hicks, mm-hmm. and so they've kind of mixed it up, but I'm glad Jim and Pat are coming here. Boy, so. ever since I uh, said no to the show they offered me in 2015 mm-hmm. because I was having vocal problems yeah. and Hard Knocks was here and everything, and I said I can't do it, so we had Coogler do it because he was into doing TV, and that was right. my idea that right. I handed Sirius XM. They haven't asked me to do anything again. <laughs> now, I've been a guest, <laughs> but... Like, oh, no, don't bother Vandermeer. I'm like, I'm better now. I'm better. <laughs> Your vocal cords are an issue for Much years better. Later. Thank you. It would have um, been cool to do a show with Kerwin. Yeah, and I think actually today SiriusXM is in Indianapolis of all places. All right, so, where I am going right exactly. now with this I you, thought. I was segueing over there. Jimmer say small bone injury. Ooh. Johnny. Well, when you – okay, there's, there's a lot to, to take in here. First of all, the calf injury. Mm-hmm. We kind of relate back to Kevin Durant with the calf injury because he has a calf injury yeah. against the Rockets. That's the most recent big-time calf injury. Right. And usually with a calf injury, and I remember when I strained my calf, it felt like somebody shot me. Next right. day, was hurting a little bit. Next day after that, after I did a lot of stretching and a lot of different things, I ended up being okay. I was okay after like two or three days. Okay. So when his calf injury sort of lingered, I'm like, okay, something isn't quite right but Durant here. wasn't okay after two or three days. Well, then These Durant, can take a while. Right. Then Durant tears his Achilles and everybody's like, wait a second. Was it really the Achilles the first time and maybe you just sprained it and then all of a sudden he full-on tore it? So, the was it misdiagnosed? Durant said no. But aren't there grade strains and the so. you know, strain, sprain, right. whatever they classify things as? But I think the the thing here was, was it a calf or was it an Achilles? So I think you kind of think of that with Andrew Luck, like, okay, cause the, could the calf turn into an Achilles? Well, bones <laughs> he says holding, hopefully. No, I'm just kidding. A, I'm bone kidding. Is, a bone is totally different here. Now we're talking about something. Is it broken? Is it like what's what's the deal with the bone? Because now you're not talking about a calf being a muscle or the uh-huh. Achilles being a tendon. You're talking about a bone that is doing what? Is the bone creating the the problem in the calf or in the like? Well, we don't. It could be in a, a completely different part of the body. So it, it to me, it's sort of crazy. This whole thing. He said a small an issue to a small little bone. Johnny, where are the small little bones? Foot, hand, small little bones, toes. Toes, well, foot. Yeah, yeah. Toes, yeah. Toes connected to the foot bone, connected to the. Never right. mind. So I, I find the writing on Pro Football Talk kind of funny in this way. The calf is a muscle, not a bone. That was an actual sentence from the right. story. Thank you very much for clarifying that. But Ursay's quote, I'm going to read it to you. I really feel very confident that he's going to find his way through this thing. That sounds. If I'm that a Colts murky. fan. That's murky at best. That's wait through this. Thing. Find a way through this thing. How bad is this thing? Well, remember when <laughs> I feel awful talking about this. You know, I know Oliver. We know Andrew I a know. little bit and everything. And uh, I just want to know. I want to know. But you pointed this out before the show, Johnny. Last he, year, what was going on? Last year at this time, 
It was actually before this. It was in OTAs. Before, remember, he wasn't even throwing the Duke. As it was, I mean, that he was asked that question: "Are you even throwing the Duke?" He's like, "No, I'm throwing either a Nerf the Duke ball is the or official a football. NFL football." And if you've ever picked up like a high school football, and then you've picked up the Duke, the NFL football, they're completely different. Yeah, and I the, mean, you'd think, well, they're one and the same, but they're mm-hmm. not. Those footballs are completely different, and one is the college high school one is way easier to throw. So he wasn't even throwing that; he was just throwing a smaller version of that, right? And then he came back for the rest of 2018 and lit everybody up. So I'm just, okay, he's going to come back at some so at some point. But I do think it was interesting, the fact that Ursay said, well, you know, we, we feel like he's going to make his way through this. Remember a couple of years ago when it was, oh, yeah, he'll be back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's going to be back. That's why Ursay's credibility. Oh, yeah, he's going to be back. Yeah. And then it's like, uh, no, he's not going to no be back. No 2017 for Andrew Luck at all. Right. But then we're thinking, well, last year – it's so funny. It's typical sports thinking mm-hmm. where we have a result or we have a trend and we think that trend is always going to continue. Right. Like Luck has just, after missing the entire 2017 season and he's not throwing an official NFL football in OTAs in 2018, you're right. thinking, he's not coming back anytime soon. He's right. got to be ready by now. Right. But he comes back and we all know what happened. Ten wins and he beats you here in the playoffs. Oh my gosh, I hate the Colts. Anyway, so here he is now, not participating in practice since when? OTAs? OTAs. That's like when the alleged OTAs. calf injury came right. up. And by the way, there's a lot of misinformation. The team doesn't have to say anything about injuries, and usually they don't in preseason yeah, yeah, and offseason. Yeah. It leaks out from some other source. Ursay just confirmed small little bone. That's the most information we've gotten about a specific body part, and it's very unspecific, only that it's a little bone. I feel weird talking about this, but it is a big topic because yeah. it's the health of Andrew Luck, and the Colts have been picked by most to win the division. Okay, so I present this argument to okay. you. Okay. Yeah, question yeah. in the argument. If the Colts, let's say the Colts have to go with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, that doesn't make me feel that much better, but it does make me feel better, Johnny. Versus Andrew Luck. Yeah, they're still a really good team. Now, and he's we, probably not getting any worse at quarterback. You know, Brissett's been watching right. and waiting and w- for his shot. He's played pretty well when he was out there. Look, the 2017 Colts had a bad record, but... But they were a bad team. They, they were a bad not, team, They yeah. did not have the pieces they had last year. I mean, you think about just Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard, but they also picked up guys off the trash heap like Der- Danico Autry and Marcus Hunt. And you think about the impact those guys had. Marcus Hunt resurrected his life. Oh, I mean, they they were a completely different team in 2017. Ebron made it. Uh, who's the other lineman other than uh, Nelson? Oh, Glowinski. No, but Braden. Um, uh, oh, Braden Smith. Braden Smith. Did he go to the Pro Bowl or no? He just played. No, he really was well. all rookie team. All right, so all rookie team. All rookie team. First team all pro Nelson. Right. First team all pro Darius Leonard on the other side of the ball. Those guys weren't playing in 2017. This is a team. This team is not going to go from what what were they ten and six last year yeah. and got to the division around. They're not all of a sudden going to go Jaguars to four and twelve. Mm-hmm. That isn't happening. This but team they is, could drop to eight and eight. Now they could do that, which would but, be really handy. <laughs> <laughs> it would be not that I wish but, for bad things to happen to other teams. I just I even th- this this whole thing. I just feel like Andrew's going to find a way back on this one. Of course he will, because this is... But, you know, here we are. It's August 13th. We're going to talk about this, because it's a story. He's not practicing, and they open... Oh, they still have three-plus weeks to go. You know, the Texans opened four weeks from last night. It still feels like it could be... You know, it's a little bit of a long time there. Does that make sense? But you know what I'm saying. It's several weeks. He's got several weeks to get out there. 
But we don't know yeah. if it's a leg, if it's an arm, if it's a wing. I don't know what it is. Let's just see. Well, they go to the Chargers. Opening day. He better not be a sitting duck back there because Bosa and Ingram would eat him. Yeah. All so right. he's got the offensive line to protect okay. him. But if he can't move out of the – see, that's the more underrated aspect of Andrew's game is – He's such a big guy that he takes some shots, but he's able to escape and run and make a play on the run. Mm-hmm. Well, if this bone or calf issue prevents him from really doing that, and he's kind of a sitting duck back there, you're about to see five- and six-man pressure probably a little bit more than you ever saw it. We don't know if he's throwing or not at all, right? Yeah, we don't I know don't if he's know. standing still, throwing the ball. Johnny, if you have Should I text thrown- Ballard and see what he says? Yeah, see if Ballard will okay. give us any information. Chris, texting him right now. Chris, <laughs> How's will Andrew? you tell us if Andrew is throwing the Duke right now? Yeah. We all want to know. Uh, we're uh, we're doing a show, and we just want to know. We swear we won't mention it on the air, <laughs> but we just want to know for our own knowledge. We swear we won't mention it to the coaches or anybody. <laughs> but you know what? If you're Bill O'Brien and you get this information, let's say you did. Yeah. All right, thanks. Yeah. I still I got to open in New Orleans Monday Night Football. Yeah. Then I go here to play the Jags with Nick Foles, who was doing wind sprints in a hundred degree heat in Jacksonville. Then I got to go to Sandy uh, to the L.A. Chargers. Thank yeah. you. I Worry about again. this in Week Seven. I mean, that's kind of. I the, mean, that's, you don't face up to Week Seven. But if he's mm-hmm. not, if he somehow misses the first two three games, that does help. And they end give up a, a dead, hole. Yeah. yeah. Then all of a sudden they've got a they're they're in a pretty significant hole now. They got to get out of it. And you know, doing that two years in a row against a schedule that's pretty rough, I don't know. If you know, happen. training camp stories get so blown out of proportion. They're like awesome. Foles running in the heat in Jacksonville, <laughs> showing leadership. I'm like, uh, you know, I saw Anthony Weaver out there running. I see Cal McNair running. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cal McNair running in the heat. Does that inspire the rest of the team? Maybe it does, though. Maybe it yeah. does. You know, Bob used to run around the field after practice, and that was awesome. Yeah. Now that should inspire the team because you know he was in his 80s. So that should inspire the team. Late yeah. 70s, that kind of thing. Anyway, uh, we'll find out all together okay. soon enough what's going to happen. Put your chips all in. Yeah. Plays week one, plays most of the year, does not play week one, maybe banged up, misses games. I'm going to say he misses games. Okay. All right. Those are my chips. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet that right okay. now because – if he's really not practicing, I mean, it's training camp. So yeah. if he was out there, they would say something. They would see him. Is he even out there? I don't even know. Well, here's the other aspect, I can find too, that out pretty easily. I mean, remember back to 2016 when, when J.J. was coming back from the core and the back mm-hmm. that he was mm-hmm. dealing with. He didn't practice at all at training camp. And then he went he went into 2016 and played in two games and then had to play a Thursday night game. And he just realized he was not too much. It was too much. And, right. you know, then he had to the, – go back and get mended to get ready for 2017. That year, I think a huge problem with that four-day swing was not just that they had a four-day swing to yeah. go to New England, which is brutal, but yeah. they had such a physical game with the Chiefs yeah. on that Sunday. That they won so that game. They wanted that one badly. They just lost to them in the playoffs and on opening day the previous year. Yep. They wanted that one so badly, and then they were just, you know, you're gassed going up to New England. I don't care I if Brissett or Hoyer or whoever starts a quarterback. It was very tough. Johnny, thanks a lot. You got it, Mark. Next up, John Perry, wide receivers coach. You've got to hear this, plus a snippet of a college interview he did on a TV station. It's fun. And Stephen Mitchell trying to make his way as a receiver. Danny Barrett, running backs coach, a little bit later on. It's all happening on Texans All Access. 
Keeping you company as the Texans open four weeks from last night. Wow, it's coming up fast as they'll open Monday Night Football against the Saints. And by the way, next up in the preseason, Detroit, Saturday night, 7 o'clock at NRG Stadium, live on ABC 13. Right here, you can hear it or stream it on the app and re-download the app if you haven't done that lately because we've improved it. So go check it out. I promise. It's much better. John Perry coaches wide receivers for this team. Now, he played wide receiver at the University of New Hampshire. So let's start this out before we bring him in. This is a snippet of an interview he did on a local TV station in New Hampshire after a 12-catch, 165-yard performance in a loss. You know, as the game went on, I didn't realize how many catches or anything like that, but uh, you always want the win. You know, I'd give every catch back for the win. All right, so Coach Perry, that was you a long time ago, a couple of years. And you know you know what I like about that cut is that you're talking about the team coming first and you know, you make this record performance, yet it's about the team winning and that's what's most important. <laughs> yeah, it was always about the team. I don't I don't count it in years anymore, I count it in pounds. That was a few <laughs> that was many pounds ago. Um but yeah, it's always been about the team and uh, I think that was uh being part of that and you know, uh, I think that's why Coach Bose, who was the head coach at the time, encouraged me to get into coaching because uh, he knew how much I cared about the team and getting better. Do your players know that you were really good at this in college? <laughs> Do they have any idea? I, I think they would. Uh, I think they would question that. So uh, we're going to keep those videos <laughs> under wraps. Uh, I've told my wife those are under wraps. Uh, that one may or may not be sent to Bill O'Brien for his personal use <laughs> in a meeting, or I don't know what's going to happen. All right, so tell me something, though. This group you have, it seems deep in the camp context, and I, I'm sure you want to see it in the regular season context, but you've got a lot of guys to work with with a lot of different skill sets, and that makes it fun for you and also challenging, i got to imagine. Yeah, it's, it's really exciting because those guys are, um, you know, they each have their own different qualities and everything like that, but just like you said, you, you know, you have to design different ways to uh, make sure that each individual is is getting the attention to their weaknesses and and trying to make them better uh, while we're practicing, and then trying to do the best you can to get them into game situations, into these uh, you know joint practice situations where they can emphasize their uh, their their strengths. So that's the juggling act. How do you get them better? better? while you're practicing, and then you know, get them into situations where their strengths come out when they're competing. If you're targeting a guy to be a slot receiver, or do both maybe, I know you want to teach everything to everybody potentially, but how difficult is it to play the slot? What are you, what are you focusing on there that's different from being outside? So with the slot, it becomes more challenging because, as we talk about uh, all the time in our room, is the guys on defense who are closer to the football uh, can disguise a lot more and a lot longer than the guys further away from from the ball. Uh, so, like, because they have a shorter distance to go. So, you know, you can have B-Mac, you know, uh, mugged up in the A-gap and then uh, bounce out and he's covering you all of a sudden. So they have to see a lot of little subtleties going on with the defense. So it's uh, that becomes a real challenge for a slot receiver where on the perimeter uh, you, you pretty much know uh, at some point you're going to be one-on-one with that corner, whether it's right away or down the field, uh, that guy's got you. How tough is it to teach blocking? I mean, because some guys have to be better at it than others, and maybe those guys aren't the better receivers, or maybe they are. I don't know. You tell me. Blocking, we talk about in our room, it just comes down to a want to. You know, the guys who want to, uh, they get it done. And uh, so 
uh, you know, you watch like Will Fuller. Uh, he's he's a tremendous blocker, and yet he's uh, you know a quote unquote finesse player. But uh, he's he's one of our better blockers. So um, you know that's what it comes down to. It's just really a want to, and uh, you know. So that's one of the ways we talk about in our room is like, do you care about the team? It's going to come out on a run play. You know, because uh, if you're on your guy blocking them, that shows how much you care about the team. And the film doesn't lie, right? <laughs> the film doesn't lie. <laughs> What about the drills that you run? Some of them look unique. Have you invented some of these that you use out there? We see them in the individual work. Well, one of the things that was uh, unique for us is that when I came into the NFL, Coach O'Brien talked to me about, like, you know, really simulating game situations, which has really helped me as a coach because, uh, you know, that's what we do. We really just try to, you know, uh, create uh, game-like situations and uh, try to mimic those as best we can with, bags or other uh you know uh, interns and stuff like that so that's really where every one of our drills come from is like okay how can we challenge this situation that came up in a game so that when it comes up in a game they know how to handle it well if you ever need help like if you need me to be a dummy or something let me know i'll, <laughs> I'll volunteer my services How's yeah it? john says you're good at being a dummy yeah exactly <laughs> plenty of experience it's typecasting that's what it is uh the walkthrough room gigantic video wall how does that help you uh i've been uh thanking tim brog every single day that room has been uh priceless for the wide receivers and uh the new end zone wide copy that we have um the literally we can get uh players in the play in the walk room walkthrough room which makes it amazing they can see the coverages they can see the disguises they can see what the other receivers are doing around them uh it's been priceless for us very cool. Andre Johnson, how's he helping you out? Andre is fantastic. He's fantastic with the players. Um, he's fantastic with me because he's just um, been able to reinforce a lot of the things we we, uh, we believe in anyways, uh, which has been great because, um, you know, he can really kind of take it to a next level and just kind of add – you know, his experience on top of the things that we're talking about. Like, you know, uh, if we're talking about a technique or something like that, he can really just add in like, oh, yeah, that came up in this game, in this situation, blah, blah, blah. And and the guys really are on the edge of their seats when he's talking to them that way. So uh, he's he's an awesome guy and, and it's done a, been a tremendous asset. Give me one or two of the things that the rookies have a uh, difficult time or, or some of the harder things to master when you're coming right into this league and you're just trying to get it down? I think the biggest thing for them is just trying to master the fact that, like, it really becomes a mental challenge um, because, like, they all think it's just down to speed, but everybody runs very fast in this league. So it's really can I run fast and, and think fast, and it's usually the guy who can think the quickest uh, and react to – um, that the quickest, um, you know, so because it's really not doesn't become just a physical game. It's, it's not just the fastest or the quickest, which is why, you know, guys like DeAndre Carter or you know whatever, you know, just find a way because they they outthink their opponent and that helps them, you know, to perform at a high level. Cool. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thanks a lot. John Perry, wide receivers coach. We get to visit it all day. His son plays at Clements High School. He's the quarterback, so I live down in that area, so I know a lot of people who know him, and it's just interesting to compare notes. A lot of the guys down there are wondering why Perry can't hang out on game days, even when they go on the road. Coach, can you spend some time? One of the guys actually said, I want him to go fishing with me in New Orleans. I said, 
Listen, I can't speak for him, but I can guarantee that's not happening. Anyway, let's get to this. One of Perry's pupils is Stephen Mitchell, who drew a big pass interference penalty against the Jags in the regular season finale last year. Now, Mitchell's trying to make it as a slot receiver, outside receiver, doing whatever he can to get on this 53-man roster, maybe even as a return guy. And I visited with him after practice the other day and asked him how things were going. Wonderful, man. Uh, this is first first time being here at this time uh, in Houston. Um, you know, I'm a Cali boy, so the weather's a little different for me. But, man, it's, it's, it's wonderful. We out here working hard every day um, and just competing. So, Where do you feel more comfortable, slot, outside, wherever they put you? How does that go? I feel most comfortable on the football field. Man. <laughs> wherever they put me, outside, slot, I can play it all. Uh, throw me in the backfield if they want. Um, I'm, just a, I'm just an athlete, man. So wherever they put me, I'm out, I can go out there and do it. What are some of the challenges in playing the slot? Like, how difficult is that to master? Um, well, you have a lot. You have a lot more space, so uh, the DB pretty much has you know more room to, to be patient. Um, so in the slot, you got to really uh, take your time with uh, the technique and your routes. Um, as far as outside, you know, it's a, it's, it's a little more quicker, so uh, you got to do stuff more much faster. What about the special teams part of it? How has that been for you? Oh man, hey, special teams, I would say is is, is one of the, the, the most important aspects of practice. Um, not only because it, it gets us in shape, uh, but you know, it gets us ready for, for, for game time. Um, you know, some teams don't don't practice as hard as we do as special teams and it shows. So it's a very, very important aspect. Stephen Mitchell with us. How was it going up to Lambeau, the experience oh, for you? Man, that was my first time ever ever going there. Uh, I think I stared at, at, at A-Rod for about five minutes. That was the first time ever seeing him in person. So um, you can just feel the tradition uh, in the air. And it was, you know, it was great playing in that, in that field. Uh, such a tradition, his historic place. So. You mentioned the weather here. Have you been in that CRZ much? What, what's it like when you go in there and come back out? Does that help? Yeah, it, it actually does help. It's, it's very cool. It, uh, it lowers your body temperature. Um, and you come back out, you feel, actually you actually feel much better. So very cool. Now the Rams are coming in in a couple of weeks. I know we're taking them one at a time, but what's it going to be like for you to play them? Oh man, it's going to be it's going to be very fun. You know, uh, being there last year, um, seeing all my old teammates, uh, it's going to be very competitive. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see all the old coaches and stuff. So they, you know, it gives them opportunity to see where I'm at now um, and just how I'm doing. So all right, well, best of luck to you. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. There's Stephen Mitchell out of USC, L.A. guy. Now, let's get to this. Next up, Danny Barrett. He's the running backs coach. He was a quarterback in the CFL. Super interesting. So let's dive deep with Drew's dirty dozen questions for him. And also, Jarrell Adams, tight end, who had a catch the other night. We'll visit with him. And D.P. Sidhu catches up with Brennan Scarlett and his new haircut. Trust me, it's going to happen. It's Texans Radio. It's been an off day for the Houston Texans. They'll be back at it tomorrow morning with the Detroit Lions at NRG Stadium, the Houston Methodist Training Center. Joint practices for Wednesday and Thursday and bring the water. That's all I got to say about that. Let's say this about Danny Barrett. He was a quarterback in the CFL. He's the running backs coach for this team. And let's dive deep. Drew's dirty dozen questions for Danny Barrett, the running backs coach. Time to do the dirty dozen, and we start things off with... Canadian football, you're a legend there. What was the biggest adjustment for you? Three down football. You know, once I went up there, it'd be third down. I'm standing on the field, and the, and the special teams is running on the field. And so I had to get reacclimated to the U.S. game. You got used to three down football. So when I came back, third down was an extra down for me, you know, try to get a first down. So I was excited about that. Is it kind of weird? And do you kind of 
raise your eyebrows when there's that idea that, oh, this guy didn't make in the NFL. He'll just go to Canada because it's not that simple, right? Not at all. You know, as, as a matter of fact, it's tougher with all the different rules. The first thing you have to realize, again, three downs to get a first down. But then there was also the ratio. The numbers have changed. When I talk about ratio, you can only have so many Americans on the team. Uh, because of the Canadian quoting as well. So when I went up there, you can only have 18 Americans on the team, and two of those guys had to be quarterbacks. So that was the biggest adjustment. You were only, because I was a quarterback, it was a little bit easier. But for other positions or receivers competing against a DB or a linebacker trying to get a roster spot to be the best Americans on the team. So that was the biggest adjustment. So when you go up there and you realize, uh, you know, you're competing with your position, no. you got to realize that you're competing against everybody that's an American on that team. I know you're happy to be a Houston Texan right now. Anything at all you miss about Canada and your playing days when you're up there? Just the fun of the game, the speed of the game was fun, but make no mistake about it, I do not miss the cold weather. <laughs> I'm a Floridian, and being able to come over to Houston after I left Miami, it was it's, it's, it's like a dream come true. I'm really blessed. But, you know, I went last year for a summer vacation because my wife is Canadian, so we went back and took the girls to where they were born and everything in the various uh, provinces over there. And it was in the 60s during the summer. I said, I do not miss this cold weather at all. Which of your fellow coaches makes you laugh the most? Carl Smith. How come? He's been around the game for so long. And just some of the subtle remarks, he just reminds me of old school football. And we just laugh and look at each other and laugh about some of the old school stuff and that we remember from back in the day. Which of your coaches is the loudest? Wow, the loudest coach. That's a good one. Mm, it's hard to say. Maybe Coach Devlin. Coach Devlin? Yes, right. Coach Devlin. Because he's always yelling at the O-line because, again, those guys, he's got probably, you know, the largest number of guys, you know, to work with. So, at times, you know, he has to raise his voice. And uh, he's heard uh, out on the football field. Since you've been here, clean-shaven, but you came back from the break, you got a beard going. What's the deal? I just went into the break, relaxing it. Then once I relaxed for those six weeks, I came back and it felt good. You know, I got the approval from my wife. And that's the big one. That is the big one. My daughter keeps calling me Santa Claus, though. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's the white in the beard. But they said that's wisdom. So maybe I hang on to it. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, I just want to relax and let the guys know that I'm going to be me and coaching whether I'm looking younger or older. I'm going to still bring that vibrant energy each and every day. Do you have any songs that help you get ready on game day, or is that all in the past? You know what? I'm a big gospel music guy, so, you know, various artists, you know, Kirk Franklin, uh, John P. Key, all those guys that, that I can listen to, various music, just to relax, just to keep my mind focused on that peace more than anything else. Uh, that's pretty much been my routine for years, you know, when I played, even as a coach. You know, just you go into the day relaxed, and so you can focus on the task at hand without any distractions. Who is your biggest? Who are your biggest influences coaching-wise? Wow. It goes back to my to my youth. I think uh, my high school coach, Nate Collins, you know, was big, you know, for myself. He's still like a father figure for me. Uh, we stay in contact. And then I'll say Mike Godfrey, you know, my college coach, once he came to the University of Cincinnati, it was a big influence on me as far as learning how to be a quarterback. And I really uh, credit himself for, you know, allowing me the opportunity to get to the next level because he instilled that in me, that confidence that you can do it, but you got to be consistent each and every day. And then from a pro standpoint, you know, the guys up in Canada really had a big influence on myself. Being a quarterback, you're always going to be a student of the game. And Wally Buono, which has since retired, all-time winning his coach up in the CFL, he gave me my first opportunity to become a coach. 
uh, because he saw in me, you know, the work ethic that I had as a player. And he said he allowed me to go from coaching one day, I'm sorry, from playing one day to coaching the very next day. So I, I credit those guys. And obviously coming down here, everybody, you know, that I can look back. You know, I was a big Hank Stram guy. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs used to be my team. You know, I've always, you know, believed in, you know, guys that were, you know, just old school, true to the game. And so his name comes up. And, you know, obviously everybody that I've had a chance to work with, you know, down here has been great for myself. Adam Gates has taught me a lot. Bill O'Brien's taught me a lot as well as far as, you know, how to be a pro coach and what it takes to win at this level. Any players on the Texans now you could see wind up coaching? There's a few of them. I think Nick Martin's the guy, you know, that I look at. You know, he's, he's again, student of the game. Center has to make all the calls and everything. Uh, he's a guy that does a good job with that. Lamar talks about having aspirations to do that as well. You know, he's, he's a good influence with the young guys. And I think a guy from the defensive side, maybe uh, J. Joe. You know, because, again, he's older vet, you know, been around and everything. And, you know, I think those guys, they're just, they're just a few. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other guys in that locker room, but that's just a few of the guys that I see, you know, each and every day. You know, obviously, J.J., he, he can probably stand up and be a head guy one day, you know, because he's been around his love of the game and his passion for the game. You know, I think uh, is matched by no other. Tell me what's on a perfect hamburger. I would say lettuce, tomatoes, a little fried onions, uh ketchup, mustard, mayo. How do you start the day? What breakfast do you eat? Well, you know what? I change it up because uh, some days I'm on liquid fast. I should say that. So I'll do this. Well, well, why? Why? Well, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, you know, I think, you know, fasting allows me to be spiritually cleansed, you know, mentally. Uh, So some days, once a week, I'll do just a a liquid fast in the mornings and I don't eat until six in the afternoon. But for the most part, I've been going with uh, the old oatmeal and yogurt and, and strawberries and blueberries and banana. Coach, always good to talk with you. Appreciate the time. Best of luck this season. Thank you, and I appreciate you as well. Always enjoy that. Drew's Dirty Dozen with Danny Barrett, the running backs coach. Now, let's get to the defensive side of the football. Brennan Scarlett, outside linebacker. We've heard from him a few times this camp, but D.P. Sidhu goes one-on-one with him in the Xfinity one-on-one. Here's D.P. Brennan, before we get started, i got to ask you about the training camp haircut. Is it practical? Was there something behind it? No, it was just, you know, time for a fresh start. But I'm really, I'm really on my, my Zero Dark 30, SEAL Team 6. Like, it's militant. We're getting ready for battle. I like it a lot. You're getting a lot of reps here in training camp. You got to go against David Bakhtiari a little bit in Green Bay, and then you're going against uh, the O-line here. What's it been like for you working alongside Whitney Merciless? Uh, you know, working with Whitney is always, uh, always an honor. Uh, the guy's the ultimate professional, and I've learned from him since I was a rookie just how to, how to craft, how to get ready for my game, and uh, this training camp's been no different. Uh, just preparing, uh, getting ready, just so, um, you know, every day getting better so when the time comes, you know, I'll be at my best. How much of what you do depends on that chemistry with the, uh, the other guy uh, on the, uh, lined up opposite you, and how much of it is just you doing your own job? No, I think it's big. I think, you know, for the whole defense, you know, the chemistry is a big deal. You know, on the front seven, on the back end, you know, everybody just playing together as a defense because we feed off of each other's energy. And so when I see Witt getting back there, working his moves, getting back to the quarterback, it's contagious. You know, I want to get back there and do the same thing. And, you know, same thing with the back end. They pick some off, like, okay, it's now, it's now time for me to make a sack and make a play. So, you know, we just feed off of each other. How do you think you got better this offseason? Were you working on some pass rush moves to work into your arsenal? What were some of the things you're working on the offseason? Uh, yeah, we got, uh, you know, we got a lot of work in this offseason. Uh, Coach Pagano 
and uh, Bobby King done a great job with the linebackers. You know, they put us in uh, in practical drills. You know, getting our fundamentals and our technique right. And uh, you know, now it's our job to just make carry over, and uh, that's what training camp is for. So that uh, everything we work on come game time, uh, we're ready for. And you've always done been been a big contributor on special teams. Mm-hmm. How has that changed for you this year? Are you just like one of the leaders on special teams now heading into the season? Uh, you know, just try to uh, just try to come every day and, and do my job and. Uh, you know, and work hard and, and lead that way. Um, you know, so being an older guy now, you know, I take that uh, I take that initiative to make sure I come out every day and get better. I work on my craft, whether it's on defense or special teams, and uh, that's what I continue to do. Is it extra hard being a guy that plays both to sort of balance those meetings and all the work that you learn in both? How, how do you manage all that in? Uh, you know, it's just part of the job. You know, I, my, my job is to come out here and play special teams, play defense. Um, so, you know, it's just a matter of taking the time, learning what to do, and then coming out here and executing it on the field. All right, what are some things you want to get better at? You've got a few more weeks of training camp. You've got the Lions coming in here in a few days for some joint practices. What are some uh, Brennan Scarlet goals for these next few weeks? Uh, you know, we keep it simple. Build the wall, set the edge, you know, rush the passer. And uh, fly around on STs. You know, keep it real simple. That's the that's the goal. All right, and I want to ask you how your arsenal or closet full of retro Houston gear is coming along. I know that's something that you like to put out there, and people hit you up and let you know where to find those those yeah. retro shirts. Yeah, yeah, How's yeah, your collection yeah, yeah. coming along? Uh, believe it or not, we uh, I haven't had too much time to do a lot of vintage shopping lately. You know, it's uh it's been twenty four seven ball. You know, we've had a couple days off here over this training camp, but you know, maybe once regular season rolls around and uh, we get on a normal schedule. I'll come by and hit my thrift shops, uh, my vintage stores, and I'll get back right. All right, sounds good. Thanks so much, Brennan. Good luck in preseason. Good luck with your thrift store shopping. <laughs> Thanks, DP. Appreciate it. DP City with Brennan Scarlett following practice this week. Now, Jarrell Adams, one of the tight ends who you probably didn't know much about entering training camp, but now you do because he was good the other day in the preseason premiere. He had a touchdown catch. Had a couple of plays you'd want back, I'm sure he would say. But he looked pretty good out there, and he's been looking good in these camp practices. I caught up with him and asked him about his camp experience so far. Uh, my experience has been pretty good. You know, I was working hard, trying to get better every day with each tight end, you know, just working on our craft, playbook. What's different for you, this camp, this franchise, as opposed to everything that went on with the Giants? Nothing different, you know, just same goal, you know, continue to work hard every day, push yourself. Always try to you know, get better, never try to stay the same, you know, just keep working. I noticed you're working with your hands after practice. How important is that to keep concentrating on that phase of the game? You know, catching the ball, you know, that's what you get paid for. You know, you get paid for blocking, but you get paid big bucks for catching the ball. So I try to work on it every day with all the tight ends. Blocking or pass catching, which do you like better? Which is harder to master as a tight end? Uh, I say both because you got to be real solid at blocking. You got to be real good at catching. So, I mean, if you can, you know, get good at both of them, the better chance you have of being in the league. Now, what about Will Lawing as tight ends coach? How's it going with him? Uh, he's going pretty good. I think he's a great coach, great guy on and off the field. You know, he tried to get to know his guys personally, off and on the field, and he's just a good guy. You're from South Carolina. we got a lot of South Carolina guys on this team. got some Clemson, got some South Carolina, of course. But what about that connection that you were able to make with these guys? Uh, it's good because, you know, a lot of us, some of us, not a lot of us, but some of us know each other since high school. So we kind of, know, had that chemistry before we even went to college. So, it, you know, it's good to reconnect with the guys and have that old bond again. Is it kind of strange to see how many guys there are from South Carolina? And our our founder, who passed away last year, is also a South Carolina alum. I mean, there's a ton of that here, more than Texas or any other place, really. Yeah, I wasn't shocked because I know, like you said, the owner, 
he was our big South Carolina guy, and uh, he loved the South Carolina guys. So me coming here, seeing all the South Carolina guys, I, I was, I was happy. <laughs> a lot of friends, you know. How did the touchdown feel the other night? It felt good, you know. But you know, try to stay home. I needed plenty more, plenty more to make this team. So all right, thanks a lot for joining. Thank us. you. That tight end group is very interesting. You know, we didn't see Kahale wearing a practice the other day. He was there, but he wasn't participating. But Jordan Thomas was back. That was huge. Aikens has been performing well. Adams has looked good. Darren Fells has looked good. So pretty jammed up, pretty interesting. That's what you want if you're the coaching staff. You want tough decisions come final preseason game when they have to cut it down to 53. A couple of reminders. We mentioned joint practices tomorrow. I want to re-mention this. Top of the show, I did say that Janice McNair gave $5.5 million to the school ProVision, along with Cal and Hannah. She was there today, special presentation with Roy L. Young, who's been leading that school for 29 years. What an outstanding job they do in the Sunnyside community and beyond with those kids and helping educate them. They're undergoing an affordable housing initiative. They've got a farm where they sell food to restaurants. It's just incredible stuff they have going on. We caught up with Jeff Van Gundy a few weeks ago and talked about it, and you'll hear a whole lot more about that school provision from me because I absolutely love it. I'm going to get Junior Achievement involved with them. I'm on the board of Junior Achievement. Anyway, that's enough for today. I do want to remind you, the Detroit Lions, Saturday night. Now, here are the ways you can consume the game. I always recommend radio. I don't know why, but I just do. And it's right here. It's also on the Bull 100.3 FM. Now, our TV crew does a great job. Kevin Kugler, Spencer Tillman, Drew Doherty. You can check them out on ABC 13. And also on the stream on the Texans app. If you downloaded the app last week, had some issues, do it again. I promise you it's going to be a whole lot better. And it's very cool. All our videos, all the articles, all the stuff is there you want to enjoy your Houston Texans experience game day at the stadium and otherwise it's all there on the Texans app. That's going to do it for the program tonight. I want to thank everybody who worked on the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sean and Seth will be at practice in the morning. Have a great day, everyone, and go Texans!